0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. When I was practicing with Sayada Utejaniya in Burma, Over and over again, it seemed to happen that we would have a practice discussion, I would describe my experience, and he would say some things, offer some thoughts about what I had described. And then I'd go back and I'd try to do what he told me to do, do what I thought he told me to do, I should say. And I'd go back, often reporting some kind of frustration that I couldn't do what he told me to do, and he would say, I didn't tell you to do that. Uh, it sure sound like it. <laughs> so over and over again, there's there can be a kind of a reorientation around the instructions here in this particular style of practice. What I'm offering here, a lot of what I offer here, isn't so much something to do, but is uh, perhaps um, ways that we can things that we can notice in our experience. Um, and it's very difficult in, in speaking, in the language of speaking, to not use the language, well, you could try this, or you, you know, it, and I'm, try, I'm trying as I explore this to rather say, you might see this, or you might be able to notice this, or this might come up in your practice, as opposed to say, you might do this. It's, it's it's hard to reframe the language, and so every now and then I just like to remind us all that the the kind of instructions that are mostly offered in this practice are descriptions of what might be experienced rather than things to do. And so, with that in mind, this next piece that I'm going to to, to offer uh, isn't something to try to do, <laughs> but. Uh, having discussed it and this is actually one of the ways that uh, Saito Utegeniya, um works with his students he offers something he says something he describes something that you'd never thought of never thought of exploring it or experiencing it in that way and just the fact of having had that conversation changes the conditions of our experience and Many times when he said, this is possible to see. You might notice this kind of thing. If I didn't go back and try to see it, lo and behold, I was starting to see it. Simply because it had entered into my consciousness through the conversation. And so this is part of the the way uh, Sayadaw's instructions work they aren't so much something to do but they're just like they just go into the background they go into the into the mind they seep in and at some point something that we're experiencing becomes seen through the framework of what he had described and there's a new way of seeing a new way of recognizing a new way of understanding and so with that in mind what I'd like to explore for this next Part or offer as a possible something that might possibly be noticed again not something to do but something that can be seen something that can be recognized uh, in our experience is the distinction between internal experience and external experience some of our um, experience may seem to be very internal uh, our physical our body sensations, the, those kinds of the inner the inner feeling of this physicality, uh, all of our emotions, all of our thoughts, all of our feelings are internal experiences. Uh, things that can be understood to be outside might be external sounds, sounds outside, even the surface of the skin. You know, the contact of coolness or warmth or heat or if uh, the contact of the the, the cushion or your, your body against the floor, you might think of that as external. It's the external on the skin kind of thing. Um, sights, what we're seeing, can be external experiences. And so there's this Distinction between what's internal and what's external. And while it seems like a very simple distinction, our minds actually can get this very mixed up, can kind of get this confused. Um, or not clearly distinguished. Our mind can, can not clearly recognize when something... Uh, has become an internal experience, and we're thinking it's an external experience. This is one of the, the key ways in which our minds get caught. We're relating to something that's happening in our minds as something that's outside of us. So, for example, a sound. There's a the sound of whatever that was probably some kind of car, might have been a truck. There's the experience of the sound. The external is the vibration that travels through the air, impacts the eardrum, and creates this vibration on the ear. That's the external. And then it becomes internal in how we recognize that sound. You know, the label we put on that sound. Truck, or car, or motorcycle, or bird whatever it is, that is an internal experience. It's an internal recognition. It's an internal perception of something that happened outside. And our minds do this. You know, this is the way our minds make sense of the world, to have these um, recognitions of what's going on around us. So uh, to begin to recognize when something is external the actual the sound versus the mind that's identifying what it is that's one kind of terrain of this internal external where can get confused another aspect of this might be between um some kind of sensation like on the surface of you know walking outside and feeling the coolness of the breeze or um um the um Pressure of your feet on the ground, and, and perhaps some experience of whether that is pleasant or unpleasant. The sensation itself maybe sights too, you know the, the, this is a good one, with sights. I mean, we see certain things, and we experience pleasant feeling. We ser- certain other things we experience unpleasant feeling, and we can sometimes attribute that feeling of pleasant or unpleasant to the external thing itself. But the feeling of pleasant unpleasant is an internal experience. Somebody else might experience the very same thing, and experience a different feeling around it. Now, this is another place where this confusion can happen around internal and external. We can also, um, uh, in seeing someone, and this is a good example, this came up earlier this week, we were exploring, uh, looking at relationships in our daily lives and people began to recognize that um, the person out there, the external being, that their own causes and conditions, their own life unfolding, that's the external piece. And then we have some idea about what's happening, some belief or perspective or view or opinion about who they are and what they're doing. And, and we often are seeing that person, not in their own right, in what's actually happening for them in this moment, but we're seeing them through our filter, our belief, our internal construction of ideas, agendas, opinions, views. And so this also can start to be seen, and it happened over and over again this week that people recognized, I was seeing that person through my idea, confusing this internal and external. Another, another, um, Another place where those can get confused is around emotional states, we, um, we hear something, we see something, and it kind of creates an emotional response in us. And again, there's a difference between what is seen and the external experience of there is something out there to be seen or heard, and the inner experience of our response to it. And then, the, probably the most subtle way in which these get confused, the inner and the outer, is that even the very experience of sound, even the very experience of sight, seems to be happening outside. And this is, not, again, not something to look for at all, not something to try to see, but the very experience of, experience of seeing that something's out there the only way we know that things are out there is because our minds are doing an inner process of knowing, of recognizing, of perceiving, of feeling. And so pretty much everything we experience is inner. That's not obvious to us. And so this exploration of what feels like it's outer and what feels like it's inner, can begin to help us to make this, uh, sort this out. And again, just noticing, it's possible to recognize this distinction, and where your mind is, is, is along recognizing inner and outer. We're not trying to make our minds see things in a certain way, but just recognize, you know, as, as we're exploring experience, recognizing the possibility of recognizing, oh, that feels like an outer thing, an external experience. This feels like an internal experience. Just noticing when it feels one way or the other. One example of this, um, kind of making it clear uh, how inner and outer got confused at one point. I was doing a, Having it was on a day long in this very room, sitting over there, and uh, we were being encouraged to explore um, uh, this inner and outer perspective. And um, I I experienced a sound, and I um, noticed that that sound, you know, noticed that sound and outer experience. And then I did notice the mind label it, you know, it's like. Airplane, so, you know, this kind of low rumbling in the distance. And so I, I recognized that that was inner. Um, and then I felt this cool breeze on my neck. as I was sitting over there where the air conditioner comes down. And as I felt that cool breeze, I recognized that sound was the air conditioner. It wasn't an airplane. Further reinforcing or further helping me to see that while I had seen that the uh, idea of airplane was an inner thing, I had still believed it was an airplane. I had believed there was an external reality of an airplane. And then I felt the air and then recognized, oh, that l- we can hear it right now, just the low rumbling of the air conditioner. That was what I took to be airplane. So this ex- exploration, you know, may sound like a simple one or or an abs- obscure one maybe or why would this be useful? Well, partly I think it's useful because um, this mixture, mixing up of inner and outer is a lot of a place where our minds get caught, our minds get hooked on our own perspective. Our minds get, um, um, believe in the reality of an inner landscape and then react to that and think that there's a problem or think something needs to be fixed or changed. And the more we can begin to recognize what is, um, created in the mind as a creation of the mind the more we recognize that reacting to that creation of the mind is extra is optional and so this this terrain of looking at inner and outer can really help us begin to see where we get caught, where we get stuck where we get hooked and so we can just use it for now in this next sitting I'm just going to encourage a little bit of um, dropping in this possibility of seeing inner and outer, again, not as something to do, but as something you might notice as a way to um, uh, begin to tease these apart and to see where we might be believing our inner experience as being some kind of an external reality. That's probably enough.